Hey, folks, it is time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Jim brings us our quick tip of the week with saying, on my Mac or iPad with Apple Keyboard, you can move between your pinned and other messages in the Messages app by using Control-Tab to move forward and Control-Shift-Tab to move backwards. He says, I was always using the trackpad or mouse or touchscreen, and that took my hands off the keyboard, but this lets me avoid that. Great tip. Control-Tab in Messages, Control-Shift-Tab in Messages to go forward and backward. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Jim. More tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Gab 950 for Monday, October 10th, 2022. Greetings, folks, and indeed, welcome to Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in tips like that. You send in your own questions. You send in cool stuff found. We share the cool stuff found and the tips. We answer your questions. We share tips and questions of our own because the goal is for each of us to learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include BB Edit at barebones.com. Now supports creating multiple notebooks in desired locations, any desired locations. In fact, we'll talk more in depth about that a little bit later here. For now, here in uh, in Durham, New Hampshire, having a little bit of a an Indian summer uh, is uh, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is Jennifer Braun. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, Pilot Pete, at least for a few more days here. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, That's of course. a great tip, Dave. You know, I read that tip in there and I was going... Command tab, command tab. Um, it's just taking me to other programs. No, sir. Control tab. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's why That's I, I did the same thing. I'm like, wait, no, command tab wouldn't work. What's he talking Not about? Yeah. yeah. In fact, I had even done it while I read his message and it worked. And then as I was prepping it for the show, I'm like, Wait, control tab. No, he meant command tab. Like, no, that's not what he meant. He meant control tab. So, yeah. Control tabs. So, yeah. 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 Don't confuse yourself, folks, like I did. Yeah. Like we all did, I, which is why I said it twice in the intro there. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Don't hey, we have, I, I wasn't lying. We have a ton of quick tips for you all this week. The first thing I want to do, though, is I want to answer some questions because I, I'm, I know that once we start into quick tips, we got so many from you this week that we might not get to the end of them before we have to go. So, John, you want to start us off with, ironically, listener John's question. I'll start us off with John. Sweet. <clears throat> John says, after adding up all the folders on my SSD, uh, internal SSD drive in my MacBook Pro, I believe that I should have about 400 gigs uh, free. The finder believes the amount to be 170. Um, can you address this? Absolutely. <clears throat> and some other people address this as well. So, um, um, Dave, I finally, I've personally found that APFS is lazy or inaccurate when reporting free space, and that it lies. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. There are there are places to look, which I think you're probably going to get us to. But yeah, I agree. Right. And um, I was wondering this as well. So uh, I found a dandy article from our friends at Eclectic Light called Where Did All That Free Space Go on My APFS Disk? Uh, and this article gives several suggestions of where to look. Um, 
Some of it involves this utility. Some of it involves the terminal. Uh, and it all, he also points at uh, some likely suspects. I think the major one being snapshots can take up a lot of space and they happen pretty much automatically. Um, so that's it. Now, I found uh, what may help. Um, so one thing he talks about is look in about and see how much space is list is purgeable. Um, uh, so doing that, so, you know, about this max storage, you're going to get a, a list of all the different categories of things that are storing data. And you may see one called purgeable. Well, I think by going there, it causes it to then maybe start purging it. Um, the other could be when you just get low enough on free space, it, it will start ejecting it itself. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's true. It, it will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, a couple of things that I found that sometimes works. So one, running disk utility from recovery. I've had free space up. It kind of nudges it, I guess. Uh, another is safe mode. Um, that cleans up some stuff as well. And then, of course, there's our friend Onyx, where you can also clean out things, uh, especially in the maintenance and cleaning category. Uh, that can free some stuff up for you as well. Cool. I um I looked at that article that Howard Oakley put up that the the one you mentioned, and it's got it. He's right, and and I think snapshots would be the first place I would look, uh, because it it they will just consume so much space. Like you said, it will be purged when the system gets down low. But if you want to manually purge it, uh, Howard's article points you to the only utility that existed at the time to do that, which was Carbon Copy Cloner. But that article is from 2020. Since then, Apple has added the ability to view snapshots in disk utility on the Mac, which is so much better. And you can delete them there, too, just by highlighting and clicking delete. So you just go to your your disk and uh, you would go to the data partition of your boot disk. And eventually it might take a minute for those snapshots to appear, but eventually they will appear and then uh and then you can you can choose to delete them and, and, you know, kind of get rid of them if you if you want. So that I would if you've got carbon copy cloner, it's a good utility to do that with for sure. But you don't need it anymore. And I think this is this is new as of I don't think it was in the first builds of Monterey. I think it came out sometime like over the past year. But anyway, it's there now in Monterey and presumably is also there in uh, in Ventura, too. I'd like to take a brief tangent too on that, which is your your thumb drives, that sort of thing. That took me a while to get used to in Mac OS, which is if you delete something or throw it in the trash on your thumb drive, uh, it's in the trash. It doesn't go away till you empty your trash. So yeah, it's kind of a sign tangent. But <laughs> why why can't I put something on thumb drive? The, the space is there. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, so. yeah. Good point. And Brian Monroe in the chat at live.macgeekup.com points out or ask the question, can disk utility delete the snapshots created by Carbon Copy Cloner? It can go in the other direction, for sure. Carbon Copy Cloner can delete snapshots that it creates as well as snapshots created by anything else. I believe disk utility just sees all snapshots no matter what. 
I'm a little hesitant to launch disk utility and have it start enumerating and, and sizing snapshots while I'm trying to do audio recording here on this computer, because I think that's <laughs> going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. 17 and a half years has taught me not to let things chew on the disk too much while I'm trying to record. <laughs> so, But, I, you know, that it is a good question. So if you're let's put it this way, I, I'll revise my advice. If you have carbon copy cloner, that likely means you are using it. And therefore, likely means you are using it to create snapshots. So if you have a carbon copy cloner, use that to manage and delete all of your snapshots. If you don't have carbon copy cloner, good news, you don't need it. Just launch disk utility. That will show you this, all the snapshots that your system is creating. So, yeah, good stuff. All right. Um, a, a question from Brian, different Brian. Uh, this came in via email to feedback at macgeekgab.com because that's the address that we use. Wait, where did it come to? Feedback at macgeekgab.com? I think he said feedback at macgeekgab.com. Okay. That, that is indeed correct. That's where listener Brian sent in this question. I'm having problems with Find My keeping track of my AirPods and playing the alert sound. Same, Brian. Uh, he says, I've, I've never been able to get Find My to trigger the alert sound, even when the AirPods are right next to me. I've also never been able to get an up-to-date location for my AirPods. Whenever I've checked, the last known location has always been at least a day old, even when the AirPods have been near me and my iPhone during much of the intervening time. At the moment, I have my iPhone with me, and I know the AirPods are somewhere in the house. Find My is saying the last time it saw them was yesterday afternoon in my house. It's now almost 24 hours later and i'm certain the airpods have a decent charge and i'm 100 percent certain they are still in my house i'm also unable to trigger the alert sound the find my app is trying but unable to connect to them what's going on so my first question well my first my first comment is the one i made as i was reading brian's question which is you know Welcome to the club. We've got jackets. Actually, we have t-shirts. Go to MacGeekUp.com slash merch and you can get one. If you're watching the video, I think Pete's wearing his today. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, but I, I've experienced the yeah. same thing. Apple says that uh, AirPods third gen and both generations of AirPods Pro are capable of being located while in their cases, whereas all the others are only locatable when out of their case. Additionally, the second gen AirPods Pro add the ability to find the case separately from the AirPods themselves. So I think this problem is solving itself as with AirPods Pro Gen 2 and presumably later. Now, I have AirPods Gen 3 and AirPods Pro. Uh, so that, that I know model numbers get confusing if you aren't like immersed in the AirPods world. So I will simply state that AirPods Gen 3 are newer than AirPods Pro Gen 1. Right. Okay. When his email came in, I launched Find My on my uh, device and on my iPhone. And my AirPods Gen 3 generally are in the office with me. My AirPods Pro live in my backpack, and I really only use them when I travel. So uh, there were my AirPods Gen 3 right next to me. I had just put them away because I had finished a phone call a few minutes prior. I said, find them and play the sound. And it did. It knew they were right there. My AirPods. So that worked like it's supposed to. My AirPods Pro Gen 1 
Uh, it said the last time it had seen them was September 18th. Now, we're recording this on October 7th. I did this experiment on October 6th. Okay. I know where they are. I knew where they were. Uh, and I was pretty sure they had a charge. And I confirmed this morning that I was correct. They had plenty of charge. And they live in my backpack, which sits in my house that I walk past multiple times a day and almost always has at least one of my family's iPhones near it. So the last time it saw these was September 18th, which is probably the day that I like put them in to make a phone call from the house on a weekend or something, which is something else I'll, I'll do with the AirPods Pro. So it's not seeing them. They are not checking in. There's no beaconing happening or any of that with these with the AirPods Pro. I I tried to play a sound on it and it failed. Um, this was yesterday. You know, I'm sure once I woke everything up, it would have happily played that sound. But it, yeah, it it's not they're not as findable as we would hope them to be again. I realize this isn't how Apple says it's supposed to work. And also the AirPods Pro Gen 2 and later seem like they are addressing this problem even more. So we must find other ways to solve this problem. And Pete, we were talking pre-show. I, I think you've got kind of a, an answer for us here. I, I do. It's what I do with mine. And, and this is not a uh, it's not a free answer, sadly, but uh, for something that costs the price of a set of AirPods. It, it's worth the money. Trust me. <laughs> so uh, it, it's uh, go to your favorite retailer and get yourself an AirPods case that has a little loop in it so you can stick a key ring on it and then get a AirTag. Yeah. A, an AirTag to speak English properly. Get an AirTag uh, with a key ring holder as well and, and put that on there and use your AirTag to find your AirPods. It's just that simple. It, Oh yeah, yeah, it works. The one time I tried out and I was connected to connect, get my AirPods Pro to play a sound, so I could find the one that disappeared somewhere in the comforter on the bed. All I could hear was the one that was in the case. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. I, I had to take my AirPods Pro out of the room to find not, the one that, that, that was, was in the loud. room. And oh, by the way, yeah, if they're in the case and you're trying to find it, they need the case to be able to make noise. They haven't done that yet. Apple, if you're listening, what? make the case. I think I think that's what the, the AirPods latest. Pro Gen 2 does. I, correct okay. me if I'm wrong, folks, but I, I'm pretty sure that that's part and parcel of, of that upgrade okay. there. Yeah, because, yeah, you just if you can just the case needs to make noise uh, or or you need an AirTag. It's that simple. Yeah, um, I have AirTags on all of my AirPods. It, it, exactly the way you described, Pete. It, I've got cases that have loops on them there are some cases that have like a little uh notch or a, a, a whatever envelope or something an envelope for an airpod to be yeah. or for an air tag to be put in it but I, it makes the case i realize having a, an air tag on a lumpy on a thing but it makes the case lumpy it doesn't fit in my pocket yeah. as well as just a case right. that has a little a little loop on it or something and i will add a non-technical point to this for things that you do want to attach your air tag to oh there you go dave showing it on the video yeah i realized that my air tags were, were my airpods with the air tag were right next to me so uh so yeah. i've got this case that i think i don't even know who makes from comes from zototop i don't know that you know there you go it's fine it works i hopefully by opening my air tags i don't like pair them with my computer and you folks can then, still hear then me. your other option with your air tag now not for your airpods pro because the case is too small but i mentioned it on a on a previous show like i took one and i put it on my drone so if i ever lose my drone i got a better shot at getting it 
use go go to Walmart or wherever and get yourself some E6000 glue. That stuff will hold. It, it right. ain't coming off. <laughs> okay. E6000 is what E6, it's called. That stuff glue. Is, yeah, that'll, that'll hold a rear view mirror on in the summer heat. It's that'll called hold. craft adhesive. When you said E6000 glue, I thought, oh, that sounds great. When I read craft adhesive on Amazon immediately, I thought, oh, if you smell this stuff long enough, it'll get you high like, like pipe dope oh, or something. I bet it will. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So. It's got just enough um, elasticity to it, that oh. it, it, but it, but it, it really grips. It's, it's amazing. So stuff. it's like, it's like what we would have called rubber cement as a kid, right? Yeah. Except, yeah. Except this stuff is, it's like super glue rubber cement. Okay. Washer, it dryer, is. safe. Wow. Yeah, it, okay. it is not coming off by the way. <laughs> okay. Good. This is good to know. Yeah. 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 How are you going to change? The, did you meet, leave it so that you can like pop the top off and change the battery on your air tag when you put it on your, your drone, Pete? I don't know. This was not a question. I'm I sorry to I, ask I, the I, question. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> There's batteries in there? <laughs> I thought it just knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think if anyone I knows I how to I remove this E6000 <laughs> feedback at MacGeekGev.com. <laughs> A hammer and chisel. Yeah. It won't hurt your drone much. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I wonder how much acetone you need to dissolve this stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Fun. All right. Yeah. And I, I should point out what is obvious to all of us who have done it, but is is adds to the purchase price. You need a case for your, your in order to add an air tag to your AirPods, you need a case for your uh, for your AirPods that has a loop on it. And then you need something that allows your AirTag to connect to that loop, which is generally another piece of kit gear that you need to buy. Or, John, what's the name of that AirPod clone thing that that has a hole in it already? Uh, Chipolo? Chipolo. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 AirTag. Yeah. So we'll put a link to that Chipolo in the thing because that that would just work potentially to to put on a, a loop. So. Yeah. And while it's not a free solution, the price of your AirPods makes it worth. Well, and just the headache of, I mean, losing my AirPods yeah. would suck, especially in the middle of traveling. I, I want to. My brother-in-law lost his, like the first day he had oh. a set of AirPods, he lost one, you know, and he's looking all over for it. And it's like, you know, it should be right here. I think it fell down a grade or something. But sure. I mean, yeah, you yeah. just drop over two Benjamins. <laughs> Yeah, well, Apple will replace them one at a time for you at the Apple store. I think it's like 80 bucks or something. Yeah. Maybe 89, probably 89. But you don't want to do that the day after you buy them. No, no, you sure don't. No, no, I certainly don't. If ever, you don't want to do it the next day. Yeah, yeah. All right, John, you want to take us to Harvey's question about Apple Card and all this Uh, fun stuff? Yes. All right. Yeah, Harvey has a problem. Apple's not showing him the money or he can't find it. That's upsetting. Uh, So he says, I have an Apple card and an Apple cash card question. I'm very confused about how I access any of the money that is accumulated on my Apple card. Nowhere have have I been able to find out how to do it. All the ads from Apple and articles talk about how you can use your money on your Apple cash card. So I set up an Apple cash card and thought that the money would show up in it. Uh, all the cash card shows is 0.00. Also, when I purchased the new Apple Watch 7 and traded in my Apple Watch 4 to Apple, they supposedly gave me $75 in credit. Uh, Where did that money go? I can't find it anywhere. 
unless um uh, I can't find it anywhere unless that was part of the cashback total. Is Apple using my credit card and cashback money to pay down my Apple card bills? Oh. I can't find these expenditures anywhere. I've purchased some songs from iTunes in the Apple store, but certainly not enough to, to be worth $75. As a side question, if I use my cashback money to purchase a new Apple TV, do I still get the 3% cashback from Apple on that purchase? All right, we got a few things going on here. Um... So I'm going to suggest that you get in touch with Apple Card support. Well, there's two different places you can look. So one, you can go to Apple Card support. So you click on your Apple Card. You click on the three dots, the dot, dot, dot. And then let me make sure I get this right. All right. So Apple Card, dot, dot, dot. And then card details. And then what you'll see is you can message them, you can call them, or you can, I guess, do it through the website. Uh, for things that are happening on the Apple Card, I think that's what you're going to have to do. Um, the thing is, every every transaction should show up in your Apple Card, what you've charged your card as of late, and it shows the amount of uh, percentage that you get back. And I actually just recently did this, so I added to my... Uh, you know, my Apple ID, I added some money to it and I put it on my Apple card. It appeared on the Apple card transaction, said 3%. And when I went to the Apple cash card, it showed the amount that was credited to my Apple cash card. So <clears throat> I think that's the best. You can also now, if, if you tap on the Apple cash card, um, you get a different path in that at some point it says contact Apple for support. So you could take that path as well to find out where your money went. Because, yeah, I mean, it should go if you've activated the Apple Cash card, which in actual actuality is a Visa um, debit card. Oh. How did I know this? Because when I authorized with Face, with, uh, face ID on the card, uh, once it authenticated, uh, it showed a little Visa symbol in the lower right-hand corner. So I thought that was kind of neat. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious, his comment about, is it paying down my bill automatically with it? I, I, I don't use it enough to even know if that's an option, but the that should show up on your statement. It, it'll show in your statement. Absolutely. Right. And so that's that, right there in the wallet also. That would be the first thing I would check is like, are you seeing these, you know, sort of you know, mid statement payments just showing up. And if so, then that's exactly what's happening. And if that's not what you want to happen, well, change that. And again, I don't, I, I have an Apple card. I don't use it enough. Uh, so I don't even know if that's possible as an option, but I know with some cashback cards, you can choose to just have the cashback automatically applied to your balance, other cashback cards. So, yeah. um, and yeah. not to insult his intelligence or anyone else's, but I, I did put a link in the show notes that, uh, you know, how to set up your Apple cash. So if you haven't done that yet, Harvey, then, then I would do that. And I don't mean to insult your intelligence. And, and listeners, by the way, go to MacGeekGab.com and click on the episode. The show notes are right there. It is the, the setup on that is super easy. Um, you know, how because I, I know we've got a bunch of listeners that listen all the time, but they don't actually go to the website. So go to the right. website, for the show notes and the reference and to get this information. That's where it is. It's super easy. Um and and by episode in chronological order. 
Go figure. Imagine. That's right. <laughs> Speaking oh, of which, oh. episode 357 uh, hit its 11th anniversary this past week. And the reason we know that is because, John, you and I recorded 357 uh, the day after we found out that Steve Jobs had passed away because uh, Steve's the, the anniversary of Steve's, Steve's death was 11 years ago this past week, too. And uh, we shared that on on social media. And of course, you can find it at MGG.FM slash 357 because that's how the system works. Uh, and I, I re-listened to it, John. I, I am. I was proud of that episode when we created it, and I remain proud of it. I, I it's, it's definitely a highlight in our Mac Geek Gab career. It was, I, I think it was, I, I, I liked how that episode came together a lot. And so I'm, I'm just happy to, to, to reshare it. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, the, the only other follow-up on this question, Dave, is, so if you do the Apple trade-in program, the last I did it, what you get is a gift card for the amount that you negotiated with them. So maybe that's, that's where the money is. Uh, check or spam. I don't know. But yeah. The last time I did a trade in, uh, they, they gave me a gift card, which I could then apply to anything Apple. Huh. And then I, I, I got a follow up to the follow up, which is I mentioned it of several shows back that I was using the Apple card and I was getting the cash and I could get a Subway or a McDonald's or, you know, wherever you can use cash, Apple cash, Apple pay. And I got a nice uh, tip from Allison over at No Silicast. She's like, dude, use it to pay down your card and that way and then use your card for that. And that way you get three percent off of everything or two percent off of everything. You're wasting you're wasting money if you're using cash instead of your Apple card, which gives you your cash back. So it, she's right. Yeah. If yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was a great thing. Cause it was like, Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Don't use that 10 bucks to buy a, a, a subway, put that subway on your Apple card and get 3% cash back on that. And then just pay down your balance. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, she's not wrong. So thanks Allison. Always thinking engineer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you know, yeah, that, she is someone who is always thinking. It's fantastic. You should check out her podcast, podfeet.com. Uh, all right. I know most of you listen already, but uh, if you don't, it's a good show. Now you know where. Now you know. Great episode on Chit Chat Across the Pond of hers, too, recently with Paul Kafasis of uh, Rogue Amoeba. He talked about a lot of things. I actually have an email to send them about some, some, some things. they Not that they got wrong, but, you know, just interesting things. Anyway, moving on. Jordan writes... I'm getting gigabit fiber installed next week. Welcome to the club, man. The, the only the only bad part about this club is I there's there's no current option of going up and you can only move down from here. <laughs> you can check it anytime you like, but you can never leave. You're yeah. never going to want to leave. You're never going to want to leave. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's, moving on. That's not what it's. this is really about, no. though. Uh, he says, I currently use the Eero Pro, uh, the 802.11 AC version, and I'm somewhat happy. With them, I previously used a Synology RT2600 and liked it, but switched to the Eero for the simplicity. So, fair. I bought the new Wi-Fi 6 Synology router uh, with plans to use that for my new fiber connection, but my fiber provider, Frontier, provides two Eero Pro 6 units, and this has me torn. I don't need mesh for coverage in my home. I just want the fastest and most reliable network possible. Can you compare and contrast the two options? I can. I have all of them here. In fact, I've been testing the new Eero Pro 6Es as well. And I, so my setup changes all the time uh, because I test things all the time. However, 
when I'm in default mode, like after I'm done testing something, when everything goes back to quote unquote normal here in, uh, I guess it's not the TMO towers East anymore, John, maybe it's the MGG towers North. Um, but here in MGG towers North, the default setup is the Synology router. Now the RT 6600 AX and, but with its Wi-Fi off and now the Eero pro six E throughout the house to provide my mesh. So the Eero is in bridge mode and the Synology is doing the routing. This is, I, I know there are many of you out there that actually do the same thing. And, and there's a good reason for it, right? Cause the, the Eero is by far and away the best Wi-Fi mesh for most. It's not like, it's hard to say that one thing is best for all, especially when it comes to wireless, but certainly for most, and the Synology router allows me all the flexibility that I want in a router, including all the features that I want, like a inbound VPN and uh, using different, uh, 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 what, what do they call it? The VLANs, right? All of that stuff, which I'm now using some because I'm crazy and the port forwarding and the tracking and, uh, you know, the reporting, all of that stuff is fantastic on the Synology router. It's a little nerdy, but the web interface actually takes some of that nerdiness and, and, and makes it a little bit comfortable. Uh, I choose to put the arrow on bridge mode, like I said, and and use it as my Wi-Fi. But for most people, I recommend, especially people who need mesh. Now, Jordan, you're in a weird position because you you say you don't need mesh. I'm I'm, I'm going to explain why you might. But uh, for most people, m- most folks need mesh, and so my easy recommendation is Eero. Uh, certainly, the Eero Pro, the 802.11ac version, works great. The Wi-Fi six version, the Eero Pro six e uh, is spectacular. Uh, and I like it a lot because it will use that six gigahertz channel for backhaul as well as front haul. And since our iPhones 14 do not have a, uh, a six gigahertz Wi-Fi chip in them, that means that our homes are not cluttered with client devices using six gigahertz. I actually see this as a good thing. I know it seems strange, but being able to use the six gigahertz spectrum and leave that free for the backhaul between your Eero devices, that is going to be key. And it's like, it's not going to last forever. We will get six gigahertz on our client devices. There are already many out there that have it, but our iPhones don't have it. Our Macs don't have it. So those of us in Apple land get this sort of, constrained version of, of actually a pretty good world. Uh, if you go with like a, the Eero pro 60 and the user interface for the Eero routers is, uh, and the whole Eero mesh is simple. It lets you do many things, uh, including, you know, the port forwarding and all of that stuff that you would want to do or need to do. Uh, it doesn't do VPN or anything like that, but it, it certainly, uh, is a, it's a it's a very capable interface and and there's a reason that the Eero sits you know up there at the top of my my mesh list. There are there are the mesh world is evolving all the time, so stay tuned for uh, any more information that may or may not be coming from various mesh vendors. But at the moment, the Eero Pro 60 is absolutely my favorite of these, uh, and for good reason. So, which should you get, Jordan? Because you're in a home where you say that you need you don't need mesh and you already have the synology i think he said he could return it and uh, you get the Eero 6e for free that's a let me say this about 
homes that don't need mesh. One nice thing about a mesh system is you get Wi-Fi bandwidth to each mesh point separately. So if you've got a lot of people streaming, even if you don't need mesh for coverage, you might like to have mesh for simultaneous streaming bandwidth. And a lot of folks have found that to be a great benefit of mesh, even if you can reach the the router from all points in your home. So, I, you know, I still lean towards most homes needing mesh. Now, would you need three units? Maybe not. Maybe a two pack would be enough, which it sounds like is what they're sending you, Jordan. So I, I don't know that I would want to be. I don't know that I would want to have my own Wi-Fi setup that wasn't mesh in today's world, regardless of the size of the home, unless it was just me there. Then if the size of the home meant that coverage was OK, then I'd probably be all right. But otherwise, with multiple people in the house, I, I, there's a benefit to having mesh. So I, I think I would lean towards the the Eero, although obviously I love the Synology router. It is the thing that routes my home. So. I've you seen Pete and John leaning, ask it. leaning in. Sorry, Pete. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So you answered my question before I could ask it. I'm going, well, uh, you know, do I get the two? Do I get the three? You know, that sort of thing. Um, and then, but then the other thing is, especially if you've been a cable cutter and you're now using DirecTV Stream, YouTube TV, any of those, you're going to want that extra bandwidth. Right. Right. You know, you're trying to stream TV and someone's trying to use a computer. Someone's gaming. You know, I got a teenager gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that can make a big difference to have that, you know, sort of, you know, yeah. not on an overloaded Wi-Fi circuit. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Jordan. You just cost me 600 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you no, know, for, for like a, a house like yours where you need that mesh backhaul to operate, yeah. I, I'd be really eager to see how the Eero uh, six gigahertz works. Now, the thing is, as as you increase the frequency you decrease its ability to penetrate walls and sure. and things like that. Obviously with five gigahertz, you know, the difference between 2.4 and five, uh, five works great at going through walls in most homes. In my home, six gigahertz worked fantastic. In fact, let me, let me pull up my, my notes on this. Okay. Uh, but uh, just about some of the speed tests that I, that I did, I think I put them right here. I don't know. What do I, what do I do with all this stuff? Yeah. So I, I was getting like uh, from the, I have one Eero sort of the one that comes into the house on the top floor of the house on one side of the house. And then the living room is one floor down and completely the opposite side of the house. So a good, you know, 40 feet away 40 feet over and then, you know, 12 feet down or whatever, 10 feet down, whatever it is. And through many walls. And yeah. I was getting for backhaul through that. I was getting like 500 megabits per second, uh, which is quite a bit up from what I was getting on the five gigahertz. So, uh, on the, you know, with, the, with, with um, and it's not just the, the, the gigahertz. It's now, you know, 802.11ax and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it like that, that works really well. It's it almost negates my desire for using like Mocha in the walls. And with Mocha that uses your coax to do it. And I get like um, I, with that, I get like gigabit. So I, I leave that there because I already had it. But if I didn't have Mocha, I, I would be totally fine with just the, the wireless backhaul on the Euro Pro 6E. 
So, John, you've been leaning forward. What do you what do you you have thoughts to add to this? Um, guess how old my Eero is? Your Eero is so old that it's not going to get updates anymore, I bet. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think I've had it for five years. It doesn't yeah. seem like it, but I trust them. Yeah, because I got a notification in their app and it's like, oh, sorry, but we're not going to do software updates. I mean, it'll still work, but there may be security things that will happen someday. Yeah. Well, we'll talk. We got to we got to talk to our friends at Euro this week and, and see if we can help remedy that for you, because we got to have you testing the good stuff. Well, yes. I mean, what I have now, I mean, I love the first generation. I mean, it covers my whole house. Um, and the speeds that I get are appropriate for for the type of unit that it is. Yes. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, I need I need newer standards. Yeah, yes. You've got uh, you've got you've got high standards, John. That's how it is. <laughs> Uh, do we have any more on this? I'm looking in the, I think we've answered or addressed all of the things. I'm using the decos. Have those timed out? Oh, the the TP-Link decos? Yeah, yeah. Man, as far, like, I love the TP-Link decos. They, yeah. they yeah, they, they're in, they're in an interesting spot, right? Because they're able to build all their own hardware and everything. Uh, so they're able to really keep the cost down. Uh, okay. on those units and deliver a a pretty high quality unit like it's deco i always say that eero and plume are sort of tied for the top right now eero with the 6e it, it definitely okay. is is number one yeah 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 for sure uh and then so you know plume's falling down the list a little bit and probably below tp link at the moment because tp link does have the the you know six gigahertz stuff in the in the current decos uh, but you know, you're, you're paying like half the price for, for the decos. Don't, yeah. don't hold me to that. It's, but it's, it's significantly less for the, the TP link decos. And it's, it's, you know, partially because they're, you know, they're, they're such a large company yeah. and they're able to do things in a different way, but they, they build all their own stuff. So yeah, they've been working well for me up yeah. now. I'm wondering what it's going to be like when, if, when, if, if we get, fiber <laughs> oh yeah that's right the cable's been hanging at the end of the street for the better part of nine months now how many how many um deco units do you have in your house total three. you're using three, three. okay yeah. i should look at my stash here pete i might have the tp link deco six gigahertz thing that that would work mm -hmm. for you yeah right. yeah please remind me of that i hate like okay. when when stuff just sits um yeah okay. so if we can if we can share it around i, I don't sell my review units because i have I like to be able to sleep at night, but got any uh, M2 laptops laying around. Uh, yeah. I wish yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't get, first of all, I don't get laptop review units from Apple very often. And, and yeah. secondly, they want them back when I do. So a couple studio units, maybe. Yeah. That'd be nice. I would, I would like that for sure. All right. Uh, yeah, we're moving along. Let's, uh, let's do, we've got a couple of like PSA type th tips that you, that you surfaced this week, John, you want to take us to Graham? Absolutely. Yeah. A uh, public service announcement or a warning. That's right. Um, so Graham says, this is an interesting piece of info about iOS 16, which means that currently automated iMazing backups can't proceed without manually authorizing them each time. Uh, and he attached an email from uh, DigiDNA or iMazing support um, 
And they say this issue is caused by a new requirement put in place by Apple in the latest versions of iOS for the passcode to be entered before a backup. We aren't sure if this requirement will stay in place in future betas. And I think that may be the key here. Or future public stable releases or if there's some way to bypass this. Huh. Um, the weird thing, Dave, is that so so my story is, oh, let me check this out. And I went to my Mac uh-huh. and went to iMazing and looked at the last time my iPad and my iPhone were backed up. And the answer was not for a while. And I'm like, oh, great. What did I do? So I ran the backup. It didn't ask me for my passcode, but it did ask me to plug the device in via USB, which Oh, is what I've had happen when, yeah, when something in within iMazing is like, I can't reach the device that you said I could reach via Wi-Fi. It's like, well, plug it in via USB and then do that. And then it'll, it'll work again. And in my case it did. So I, I have never, um, had my computer ask for authentication to back up one of my, I mean, there's did, wait, initial did- connection. Did you try it on a Wi-Fi backup? Because that's what listener yes. Graham was saying. Yes, I is, did. Oh, interesting. Huh. But I'm wondering. It wouldn't resume the Wi-Fi backup until I did a backup via USB. Right, right. But, th- but then subsequent to that, you've been able to do Wi-Fi backups without f- via yes. iMazing without having to type in your password. Mm-hmm. Huh. I wonder if Graham, he sometimes is in the chat room, and but he's not today. I, I wonder if Graham was running, it didn't sound like Graham was running an iOS beta, um, but maybe, right? Like, I'm just trying to figure out what the difference is between Graham's setup and yours. Regardless, good PSA to know that this, if you're backing up wirelessly with iMazing, you might find this to be a problem and iMazing is aware of it. And we're, I guess we're all just waiting for Apple to resolve it. So, yeah. All right. Well, good PSA. Anything more on that before we go to David? Nope. All right. Take us to David, my friend. All right. And another warning from David. Um, Here's something I stumbled across today that I think everybody should be aware of and that I hope nobody ever needs. I was checking out my medical info and looked at the medical ID info on my phone and watch. I was surprised to find the information was outdated. Uh, my medical contact is my ex since we get along. That's nice. Uh, I kept her as my emergency contact after we parted ways. When we split up, I edited her info and contacts. Um, I don't claim to know better than the good folks at Cupertino, but if I were in charge of the department of common sense, I would ensure that updating contact info and contacts for an emergency contact would update in updated in health and update the information in medical ID. At least in my case, this did not happen. In fact, the phone number listed for her in medical ID was our very old landline, which I got rid of long before we split up. Uh, The only way I found to update the info in medical ID was to remove her as my medical contact and then re-add her. Doing so updated all the information to the correct current data. Um, After updating the info, I tried editing her info again, and it did update the medical info in health so it seems it was a one-time glitch with my gear but it might be a good idea for everyone to double check their emergency contact not in contacts but as a first responder would access it using medical id or info on your phone or watch okay thank you david yeah interesting Um, i um 
I, I when when I when I read his his thing the first time and as I was hearing you talk about it, I thought, okay, well, that makes sense to me that you wouldn't update the emergency contact because what happens if you delete that contact from your phone? Now you have no emergency contact, right? Uh, you know, so it, like that, not having that link there, there's some logic to that. But then it sounds like, at least for him, uh, the reverse became true once he put that contact back in there. So maybe there's not logic to that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, for what it's worth, I checked mine and it was good. You know, I hadn't, but I hadn't changed any of my wife's contact information in contacts and see if it, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have. Could, yeah. Go, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, I suppose I could change, change something and see if it carries over, but. that ah, fair. Yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it is, it, you know, if nothing else, it's good to remember to review that stuff like once a year, regardless of whether or not you think any yeah. data has changed. Yeah. I try to do that sort of thing with, uh, with the time change, you know, the batteries and the smoke detectors, yeah. the, yeah. that sort of thing. But does anybody know off the top of their head? Cause I don't, how you get that. I know that emergency medical contact, I've had it in there. Someone finds me unconscious on the ground and my phone is there next to me. How do they get my medical information? I forget. It shows up on the lock screen, right? If you hold the, um, the, 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 you know, the two buttons, the two side buttons on your yeah, phone okay. it, to get into like shut it off mode, you will, you will see a emergency call and medical ID there. So yeah, you hold both sides of the iPhone and, uh, that, then that's oh that's, that's right there. yeah it's like it's like you're going to turn it off or correct or take a screenshot or yeah, yeah well, there it is yeah, yeah if you so hold i press the volume up and the volume or in the power correct and then it oh i'm about to call emergency sos don't hold it too long. don't do that yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and that's when you get it. but that is a good tip i remember uh and this tip is still valid but back when we were hearing about people being asked to surrender their phones at like customs or something yep. uh that if, you know, they can't ask you for your passcode, but they can hold the phone up to your face if they want. And then, you know, theoretically, that, that could unlock the phone and you, they could go through and do all sorts of stuff. So if you hold those two buttons and wait until you feel the phone vibrate, that's when the whole medical ID thing comes up. As Pete pointed out, don't keep holding it. Otherwise, it will make an emergency call. But at that point, it has wiped out your face ID authentication and, and so you, you have to type in a pass your passcode mm -hmm. to unlock your phone. So if you have to surrender your iPhone to someone, do that first. And uh, and then at least it's it's fully passcode protected. So I wonder if the laws will ever change such that you can't be forced to unlock biometrically, you know, face like I, I remember there, there was some case law on a guy who was forced to use his fingerprint and he managed to get the lawyer cleverly said, Oh no, you, you had him identify which finger <gasps> he had to use. And that's, that's something he knew. Yes. Mm -mm. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I've only got the one face as far yeah. as you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Once you've wiped that, the face, you can face ID it all day long and ain't opening without your passcode. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. But the, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Well, we and have. By a, the way, folks, oh, those laws only apply in the states. Go to China and try not surrendering your phone. See well, how that works out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I'll be back. Fair, <laughs> fair. All right. Uh, the we have a bunch of these quick tips to get to, and that took forty-seven minutes. So we're definitely not going to get through all our quick tips. Uh, I do want to talk about Bare Bones, who is our sponsor for today. You know, I'm a big fan of BB Edit. It's open on my Mac right now. It is the tool to manipulate text. And I don't just mean for programmers, right? Certainly as a programmer, it is the tool that I use and I love it because it will visually uh, highlight the text in a way that makes it easy to see functions and, uh, it, you know, just the, like the, the flow of my code. It's wonderful. doesn't change the code on the disk. Uh, that's up to me to do, but it changes. It, it puts a filter on it. That's very sort of subtle, but makes life so much easier when I'm looking at my code in a, a different editor. It's like, oh, man, like I can't. I, I gotta. I need my BB edit, so it's great for that. But it's also great just for anything you want to do with text. If you ever want to check out how many words are in a document, how many lines are in a document, if you want to do multi-file find and replace or find and replace in one document, it's fantastic for that too. And as I mentioned in the intro to the show, they finally added something that all of us were doing anyway, and that is notebooks where. Or the ability to store notes. And then they added notebooks, right? So the ability to store notes, meaning we all used to just paste stuff into BB Edit, new documents. And we'd have this slew of untitled text documents. Well, now they allow us to have a notebook that just has notes in there so that we don't have these untitled text documents that automatically uh, will name them based on, you know, the first characters of the, the text that we have in there. And it's a nice place if we're going to do it anyway to just store our stuff. And now it supports creating multiple notebooks in any desired location. So you can really compartmentalize this stuff and, and use that part of it. So you've got to go check this out. Go to barebones.com and go check out BB Edit. They've got a great, you can get a, a try it out for 30 days and, uh, and, then, and then you're ready to buy. And I know you're going to love it. So go check it out, barebones.com. And our thanks to Barebones and BB Edit for sponsoring this episode. All right. We got a bunch of quick tips now to uh, to dig into, and I don't know how many of them we're going to get to, and that's okay because good news, guys. I got approval. We get to do the show again next week. Awesome. Yeah. Jamie in Discord says, I just discovered the show tab overview feature in Safari. So this is in Safari on the Mac, view, menu, show tab overview, or command shift backslash. Uh I am often lost in a long list of tabs trying to find the one I want. Show tab overview displays thumbnails of your open tabs, making it infinitely easier for me to find the one that I want. Nice. I like it. He says, I would like a similar feature in Firefox. Well, you know, that's how it goes. But uh, yeah, cool. Thanks, Jamie. stroke for that is shift command backslash. It does it, but it does not work when you're trying to edit like show notes. It brings uh, up a separate. <laughs> oh, because you're in the in the Google document. Yeah, yeah exactly. In the Google document. That's a different. You know, it overrides. Yeah. All right, John. You want to take us to Ben? Yes. <clears throat> ben made a mistake, but that's good for us. Um, when I reached for Command Plus to change the zoom factor in a preview window. Uh, I realized that the finder was active instead, and I discovered that this common shortcut also works to enlarge icons in a finder window. Naturally, command minus has the reverse effect. Uh, 
I don't see these shortcuts printed anywhere in the interface, and that's true. It's printed in the preview interface, but not in the finder interface. Uh, but the view menu highlights when using each one of them. Uh, so you'll see it blink very quickly. Um, the icon size setting is in view, view options. So that's the nearest I can get to explain this behavior. Uh, and yeah, he's right. That's awesome. It does make things bigger and smaller. So, Huh? I had no idea. I, I love it. All right. Sweet. Thanks, Ben. Good stuff. All right, uh, it's moving along here. Alex S. in Discord says, uh, uh, it, it, "This is you. You can command option click on a window to hide all other windows. So to to test this out for yourself, have multiple apps and their respective windows open and visible on your screen. Navigate to another app's window, holding command and and option uh, or command and alt, depending on what it says on your keyboard." Uh, while clicking on the navigated window, this will hide all the windows but the one that you command option clicked on. He says uh, this tip is actually quite old and goes all the way back to Mac OS 9, but uh, but it'll do it. And he says uh, if you only hold option while clicking to a window, uh, it will hide only the previous app that you're navigating from. So that's interesting. I don't want to do any of this on my screen because I, I need to see all kinds of stuff right now. But yeah. This is this is good stuff. I like it. Thanks, Alex. Confused. I know it's great. That's I, that's what I love about this. Command option click on Windows and option click on Windows. Really, that's the thing. Make sure you have multiple windows up, and you'll see what it does. Command option click hides all the others. Uh, option click just hides the last app that you came from. So. Okay, I got it now. All right, got it. I'm back with you. Yeah, I was going for a while. Back. No, it's it's <laughs> I, like that's why we do this. It's that's yeah. I mean, this is why it's great to have these conversations, because if if one of us says something that's confusing, hopefully we'll call it's, each other yeah, out on windows of that app that go away. Not that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm thinking it's going to hide all the other apps, too. But no, 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 yeah. just the windows in that app. That's right. Yeah. I'm back now. That's cool. Hey, while you're back, you got a uh, you got a tip for us. I do. I do. Um, so I was uh, looking at the iOS mail and I go, you know, I know the it's in there somehow. How do you do it to get rid of or to send mail later? Um, you know, you've heard about new iOS mail, giving the option to send later. How does it work? You ask. So <laughs> how does it work? Pete? <laughs> yeah. When compose your mail as normal and when you're ready to send it, instead of just tapping on the blue send icon arrow in the top right, press and hold it for a second or long press on it. And you'll get options popping up that say send now, send tonight or tomorrow morning, depending on the time of day when you're pressing and holding that or send later. And if you go on to send later, it lets you get really specific as to the down to the minute when you want to send that email. So uh, that's that's how to do it in iOS. Just press and hold the send arrow. And that's when your options come up for send later, send tonight, send tomorrow. Pete, you're blowing my mind here. When you told us about this, and this is what I love about quick tips. Yeah. When you told us about this, I was thinking you were talking about the send delay uh, in iOS right. mail, which is also there, but different. Yeah. Different. Yep. Yep. The same, but different. Same, but different. The send <laughs> delay, you go into settings and mail and all yeah. the way at the bottom, you can set a send delay for all messages to be, you know, 10, 20, 30 or zero seconds, meaning it sends right away. Right. Uh, but this, 
I had no idea. And you like you said, you can set it to the minute, but it's also the date and the minute. Like yeah, I can, you can set it you know, next Tuesday at, at 8.03 a.m. Um, and you, now your iPhone has to be, I, I know this, this is going to sound obvious. It has to be on and connected in order for this to happen. Yeah, it's not guys like me that are in the air over the Atlantic Ocean. It it's not going to happen. Right, right, right. So, Whoa, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even know this was a feature, let alone how to do it. Dude, See? okay. I wanted to open the show with yeah, it, brother. Now I understand. <laughs> yes, Pete. Pete nominated this as as the show opening one, and I'm like, no, nah, I've already got one. And plus, we've talked about the send the 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 send delay thing before. Yeah. And and he's like, okay, well, maybe we should do it somewhere later in the show. Obviously, we did. I made a huge error. I assumed. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Sorry about that. Way. Also, when you do tap that send arrow, if you look at the bottom of the screen, you've got 10 seconds to undo. Uh, is that because you have send delay set to 10 seconds? I do. I, I probably, yeah. So but, that, but the, yeah, a yeah. little thing comes up at the bottom and, and says, hey, undo send. And so you've got some time to, <laughs> to, yeah. to unpull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> unring the bell. Yeah, right. No, I love being able to unring the bell. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Okay. So I, I assumed. I screwed up and I got caught is what happened. But, uh, hey, so I'm presuming, and I, I haven't tested this because I didn't even know it existed in iOS, so I didn't know to test it in Ventura, but I've got Ventura running on my laptop and it's been running fine. Other than system preferences still feels super wonky to me, even after several weeks. Uh, but I have been uh, testing Ventura. Apple says Ventura is coming this month, a.k.a. October of 2022. As of this morning, Friday, October 7th, when we're recording this, they have not announced a date. I'm I'm guessing we're going to hear that date within the next week or so. It, it seems like it would have to come. And I'm guessing that iPad OS 16 will happen at the same time. Uh, and that's less of a guess because Apple's basically said that that's how it's going to work. But um, I am eager to see if this feature exists in Mac OS Ventura, because if it does, that's. That's super handy. I wish I could set, well, maybe once it's in macOS Ventura, we'll figure out what the defaults write command is to set it, uh, the send later from 30 seconds yeah. to like uh, maybe 120 seconds. Cause I like a little more than 30 seconds uh, to let my brain to go oh. cogitate. <laughs> yeah. To go oh, crap. Yeah, exactly. To not get caught, Pete. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Which evidently right I'm on. having a problem with today. Jacques is up next. John, you want to uh, take us to Jacques? Yes, Jacques has a tip. If you use bigger text on iPhone to see, you can touch the top row that has the battery, Wi-Fi, mobile, time, and, and other figures, and it goes big in a window in the middle of the iPhone screen. And he sent us some screenshots. So I tried it, and it didn't work. Okay. <laughs> but it didn't work because I didn't follow the instructions. <laughs> Wait, John, then, you didn't whoa, whoa, follow whoa. You instructions? Have to follow the instructions? That's not fair. Yeah, it, it, this is the first time ever that you haven't followed instructions, right, John? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I could figure this out. Uh huh. Put this together. Oh, wait, there's screws left over. Now what? Yeah, you may, No, oh, if there's screws left over, you made it more efficient. That, yeah. Yes. That <laughs> doesn't right. always work out. <laughs> um,. All right, so there are two places that I think you can do this, Dave. So one is settings, display, and brightness, and that has a way to set various um, display things. And um, 
where is it? Text size. So there's text size. Uh, so that's one place. The other is accessibility display and text size. You can also change your text. Uh, accessibility it. gives you way more options. The thing is, I just tried it this morning, Dave, and it didn't work again. So I don't know. Huh. All right. Well, you know, cool. I, you know, these are this it, is how things are. We'd love to hear from I you think folks. I've, I've set my text size all the way up, and, and what does it get for you when you touch those? Because I get like the battery icon. Yeah. Yes. Icon. Yeah. That's okay, it. You got it yeah. to work. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, I, the battery icon did, isn't too useful. Said, and then I touch. Show. There we go. And I touch the icon, and it comes up. Oh, that's pretty cool, Pete. Pete's showing us on the video, but yeah, it it floats a a much larger version of whatever that is in the middle of your screen, so you can see a zoomed in version of your, uh, you know, Wi-Fi or battery icon or whatever, just to, to be able to see it. That's pretty cool. It, what it does not do is give you the actual battery number, which if you can't see, isn't very well. And I think we had on a previous show, you could say, "Hey, S lady." What's my battery percentage? And yeah. she will tell you. Yeah. That also works, by the way, for what's, hey, yes, lady, what's the battery percentage on my watch? What's the battery percentage on my AirPods? And she'll tell you that, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the easiest ways to find the battery percentage of your um, AirPods because yeah. uh, because it's like getting it to, I don't know. Yeah, I got to open it right next to the phone. Right next to the you phone. You got to hold your tongue in your left cheek, close your right eye. Yeah, yeah. What is up with that? Why is that such a, a, like, I feel like I'm casting a spell and I'm yeah. screwing You're it up. Conjuring up a battery percentage. Yeah, I'm conjuring <laughs> up the battery percentage. <laughs> Show title. You know, I thought... I thought that if there are screws left over, you've made it more efficient was going to be the show title. And that might be because that's kind of funny. But yeah, uh, but the conjuring up the battery person. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like this is <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, in Discord, uh, listener PC Unix shared. Uh, speaking of uh, tapping on things and having them come up prior to iOS 16 and and watch OS uh, nine. Uh, you could tap the charging icon on your watch while it was on the charger and see the percentage charge within a circle with iOS or with uh, watch OS nine. It gives you a new screen and it will tell you not only it shows you the, the you know, the green circle and or the circle, which would be red, yellow or green, depending on the status of your charge, the percentage charge and what it is doing. Uh, the screenshot he sent was charging to full which tells us that the watch has decided it is time to charge to full. But at times the watch will do smart charging or whatever, and it'll only charge to 80% or whatever all that stuff is. So yeah, it's, it's fascinating. You get a little more status and all you got to do is your watch has to be on charge and you just tap the little charging indicator uh, in the upper left corner of the watch when it's, uh, when it's on that and then it'll, it'll show you. So great tip PC Unix. Thanks you. Thanks you. Thank you for that. It's easy for you to say. That is for stay with the new lips. Um, Porthos John also in Discord shares uh, shares this one about uh, while we're on the subject of watch. He says, I got an Apple Watch Ultra. Pete's is on the way. Uh, he says, uh, and I like it. But for this quick tip, at first, I thought the action button on the left side was super limited. What I saw during setup as to what it could activate. Then I found that if I went to settings after the fact, I could set the button to activate a shortcut, any shortcut that I've created myself. And that makes it infinitely versatile. 
I might argue with infinitely versatile because Apple Apple's put some some blockades up around shortcuts, but it's a good one for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, good. I can't wait till you get yours, Pete, and you can uh, you can tell us all about it, my friend. I am stoked. Stoked. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. Um, I We have tons of quick tips to go through. John, this is timely. You want to share the things that you found about the MagSafe charger? Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I came across uh, something in, in one of my feeds, and it was like, hey, new firmware for the Apple MagSafe charger. And it's like, oh, interesting, because I have a couple of those. Um. And you can see, so the thing is, how do you even know what version of firmware is on your MagSafe charger? Here's what you do. You go into settings, uh, general, about, and somewhere on that screen, um, I can't see it right now because I don't have these devices hooked up, but you're going to get a new entry. Um, One will be MagSafe charger. And so you hit that, and then it'll show you the various attributes, the model number, and things like that. And then it'll show the uh, firmware version. Really? Uh, one of mine was not up to date. <gasps> Say it ain't so. Um, and I think I know the reason why one of mine was not up to date is that it wasn't connected to a Mac. It was connected to a power source. Oh. But there was no way for it, as far as I know, what they suggest to make it happen quicker is to actually plug your device into your computer. At least that's what worked for me. So how else would it update? Is it going to update like over MagSafe from your iPhone? I don't, I, I think there's some data communication happening between the two. I don't know if it's firmware. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, they say that like like um, Mac Rumors has a piece that you link to about updating the MagSafe battery pack, and and that they say you just attach it to your iPhone and and let it do it, or you can connect it to your Mac or iPad with a a lightning cable, you know, lightning to USB cable, and let it do it that way too. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Um, the good news, well, the bad news is that the MagSafe charger. They don't know what the firmware update does. The MagSafe battery pack, however, what it does is increases the charging speed to seven and a half watts. Oh, yes. nice. Okay. So I did all that stuff. So if you're in a MagSafe, update your stuff. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's fascinating. Huh. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that was possible. I love this. Like that, mm-hmm. that data transfer across MagSafe, like that feel like we're we're not using that enough if it's possible to to update the firmware of a battery over magsafe I, like i want more data transfer happening over magsafe like why not you know yeah all right um one more timely quick tip and then we have some some show business to talk about uh, as as it were and this comes from listener bill who shares uh he says uh, i live near tampa florida which was which just dodged the hurricane uh, hurricane Ian. Uh, he says we lost power for 22 hours, but otherwise we're fine. Well, I'm glad to hear that bill. And, and our thoughts obviously are with all of you who are still kind of going through trying to figure out how to navigate out of this. Uh, he says though, when the power outage hit my UPS dutifully beeped 
and kept my iMac going until it could be shut down or uh, routinely, you know, as it as it happens. He says, normally that's the end of the story for me. But I had a thought. The UPS would be a great power source for charging our phones and Apple watches. I turned off the UPS alarm so that it wouldn't keep beeping at me and shut down the UPS itself. I unplugged all the computer and other equipment connected to the battery side of the UPS. Whenever I needed to charge a device, I turned the UPS back on and easily charged our devices until the power on them was restored or until the power to the house was restored. He says, my UPS has a screen on it and it was showing over 100 minutes of power left the last time I charged my devices before the power came back. Yeah, your phone doesn't take much juice, but it needs juice. And so using that battery to do that makes that like that's really smart. My friend Dennis, who used to run a website called Linux and Maine. I don't think it's up anymore, but uh, Dennis was was he was always one who was great at and still is. Dennis is still with us uh, at, at figuring out like like interesting ways of doing things. And when his power went out, he took his UPS uh, down to the boiler room in his house and then he took the leads off of the power connector for his uh, transformer for the, you know, for the boiler uh, to, because you need electricity, a small amount of it, but electricity to fire up the boiler. And he he just like plugged those leads right into the outlet socket on his UPS and then turned it on. And he had heat in his house during a power outage from his UPS. Well, and his like either propane nice. or, 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 you know, oil or whatever it was. But nice. uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's why I'm still trying to figure out. I, I think I told you I'm going solar, but when the power goes down, it's set up so that you're generating all this power and it's just sitting there. It can't go anywhere because you don't want to electrocute the lineman. Yep. If there's anybody that out there that knows how to hack it so I can put my generator on and say, hey, yeah, I've got power and tell it to send it to my house, but not out to the line. I would love to hear what that hack is because yep. I want to be able to generate on a sunny day power for myself when the power is down. Yes, Just this, is, this is one of the reasons we didn't go with solar, because the ones that yeah. were affordable had that limitation. And to, uh, around here, uh, that's a problematic limitation. All right. So, so some show some show business. Easy to that's that's going to be my new uh, vocal exercise warm up. Some show business, some show business. We are now live with our subscription in Apple podcasts. Uh this is all part of, you know, there is the umbrella now that is Mac Geek Gab Premium, and there are many ways to be involved in premium. We do not expect anyone to feel compelled to be involved in it. This is voluntary. It is not mandatory. Uh, you do, as part of premium, whichever way you come in that door, uh, you do get access to our special premium at MacGeekab.com email address. So many of you have asked uh, and we prioritize the emails that come into that, uh, but we do try to go through everything anyway, because it's just how we are. But uh, yeah, our subscription is live in Apple Podcasts. It went live, I think, over the weekend, uh, like a week ago. But uh, but anyway, it's up. It's running. If you want to participate in Mac Geek Gab Premium that way, you can. There's not really anything, quote unquote, extra happening there, but because Apple's like, you need to do something that's different. I'm like, right. But that's not how our premium program works. We've talked about this. What we're doing is pushing out the episode audio as soon as it's recorded. So those of you who subscribe that way will have the opportunity to get the episode audio uh, a few days early. Uh, generally speaking, you know, we, we normally record on Fridays and release on Mondays so you can have it um, the weekend early if you like. Again, 
no pressure. And, but we certainly thank you for all of that. So that is that part of premium. Uh, while we're on the subject of premium, I do want to thank all of you who have contributed in the last week here. And as soon as my computer stops jumping windows around on me, I will, I can thank you by name. Now, the, those of you who, who subscribe in Apple podcasts, you're actually not our customers. We get zero data about you. You're Apple's customers. They send us, you know, they, they send us 70% of what you send them. And, and that's just how that works. But we can't thank you by name. And so if you want us to know, just shoot us an email, feedback at MacGeekUp.com. We're happy to, you know, thank you because it's what we like to do. That said, the folks that subscribe at MacGeekUp.com slash premium, we do know your name. And so we will thank you. So thanks to Olga for a $10 contribution, Chris for a $25 contribution, uh, another Chris for a ten dollar contribution. Michael for twenty five bucks. Tony from Middleborough. Sorry, I should have been saying city. So we have Olga from Bellevue. Chris from Windsor. Chris from Charleywood. Michael from Quebec. Tony from Middleborough with ten bucks. Robert from Columbiana with ten. Jason from Charlestown with ten. Jeffrey from Windsor with twenty five. Martin from Carlsbad with fifty. Thank you. Jonathan from Woodside with twenty five. Paul from Pomona another twenty five. Ralph from Bangor another twenty five. Thank you. Uh, Paul from Fishers at $10. Thank you. Jimmy from Cushing at $30. Thank you. David from Troutdale. Kurt from Tawanda, both with $25. Frank from Tunbridge with $10. Robert from Westford. Andrew from Bellington. And Andrew from Edinburgh, all with $25. Thanks to all of you for your contributions to Premium. It, uh, it really it means a lot, and it helps us do what we do here I have two more to share because on Fountain.fm or any podcasting 2.0 clients, you can contribute that way, too. And we're getting lots of people streaming the show that way. And Satoshi's coming in that way. Uh, we did get a couple of boostergrams. Jurassic or Jurassic, maybe uh, J-U-R-A-S-I-C-K. So I don't know I, that Jurassic. I like that spelling of Jurassic uh, sent us 100 Satoshi's V4V testing value for value testing. Thank you for that. And 5,000 sats from Mary Oscar. Welcome to Podcasting 2.0. Well, we are happy to be here. So thanks for all of that. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's fun. Uh, I, and it's, it's, it's an interesting way to, to do all this. And I'll put a link to Fountain in the show notes here because uh, if you want to use that client, it, it makes it fun. And you can do some promos and we can create clips for each other. And there's, it's just a, it's a fun little ecosystem that they've created. So... Uh, John, that's not all as far as the show business goes today. We've got some uh, some other things that you've been working on. Yeah, so uh, did a little coding. Well, no coding at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love that kind of coding. That's my favorite kind. Yeah, they provided the code, so mm. that's great. But um, you may ask yourself, not only how do I work this, but how do I get in touch with the geeks? And we've already told you about feedback at MackieGab.com. But um, so you want to know some other ways. Well, you can go to MackieGab.com slash contact. And there's going to be some other options there. And the latest one is that you can do a voice recording and it will send it to feedback at MackieGab.com. I like Isn't it. that neat? So what, what the platform that we're using does, it does two things. So it records using your microphone, which may be better quality than, say, your phone. Well, yeah, I mean, even if you're using your phone microphone, when you make a phone call to us, 
just the phone system's quality is is, you know, garbage compared to what your phone's yeah. microphone can do. This taps into your phone's microphone or your Mac's microphone in a pristine way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it sends it off to us. It sends us both uh, an audio file and it tries to do transcription as well. And uh, so far, it, it's pretty good. It's not perfect, but sure. neither is any speech recognition technology. Is that a uh, WordPress plugin? No, it's a service oh, called okay. Telby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. T-E-L-B-E-E. -E -E. Nice. Yeah. And what else, John? You got another thing you're working on here. Do we? Ah, yes. Um, what do you want us to call you all listeners? Well, let us know. Um, we can, uh, we have a thread on our discord, uh, which the thread is in the show notes. Um, let us know what you think we all should be called. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've said Mac geek up family for years and that's definitely fine, but is there a better name for, you know, all of us in the club here? And I mean, you know, every, everybody who listens, like everybody in the Mac geek up, what's the name? What, who are you? What, what, how do you want to identify this group of us? What do we, what do we call that? So yeah, let us know, post your ideas in the, uh, in the discord thread. It's linked right from the show notes at MacGeekCab.com, and, uh, and we'll, yeah, we'll take it from there. Good stuff. We've got a lot of quick tips and cool stuff found left. So we'll be able to, uh, we'll be able to do that next week. Um, thank goodness we have the slot reserved to do the show. So we're going to, we're going to do it. That's it. I don't care what they say. But Dave, I'm going to be in Japan. Do I have to do it anyway? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Like that it's it it blo what really blows me away, Pete, is that it took a pandemic and then some for us to realize that you could also join the show remotely. To shove that, yeah, to shove that technology to the front. Why which um, why we never thought of that before? when John and I are always remote from one another is flabbergasting to me. Right. Right. And then I'll tell you, and well, let's see if I can get it to stop now too. Thinking of which there's that funny video. Let's put that in the show notes that I sent you yesterday. Oh, Remember okay. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? No, share it in our, in our discord channel. Cause it, that's a good oh, place for that. Yeah. Cause that yeah. way we can sort of talk about it. It's a, yeah. a funny video. The, about the video calls. I'm talking about people. If you want to YouTube it, it's, it's a, a virtual conference call held in person so all the problems that come with having a conference call actually they do it in person and it, it's quite funny the one thing they left out sadly uh that dave uh pointed out is it didn't have the guy uh in a coat and tie and boxer shorts so. that's right yeah <laughs> they didn't do that in there yeah yeah oh well you know that's fine version two all right, folks, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to uh, Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth. Make sure you go listen to Pete's podcast. So there I was. US. It's a great show. You really, you and you and Figure doing a great. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, it's available cool. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. I'm shocked that, you know, we always knew that people liked hearing aviation stories. Yes. I am shocked at how much fun and how popular it is. And people from, I haven't seen in 35 years are reaching out. Oh, that was great. You know? Awesome. We have a That's picture cool. today of a guy. This yesterday's show, he was a captain, and all these lieutenants grabbed him, taped him up with duct tape, and hung him upside down from a seat crane in the hangar. And he he's in that picture that's on the website, 
and he writes in there on one of the comments, that was me hanging upside down. <laughs> That's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Barebones for sponsoring the show. Make sure to go to macgeekgab.com slash reviews, and that'll get us as close as we can get you, as close as we can get you to Apple's uh, review system for reviewing the show. We really would love, love if you uh, either gave us a new review or updated your old review. It's fantastic. So thanks for that. Good stuff. We'll see you next week. Mr. John F. Braun, before we leave them, Mm -hmm. I screwed up this week. Uh, Can you give me and everybody in the what we're currently calling the Mackey Cab family some advice here? Absolutely. And the advice is don't get caught. That's some good advice there. I'm going to try and follow it.